Greetings to our widespread audience of POTA Shield members, Touch Heaven ministry members, and in general and at large to the kingdom of God spread out through the nations that we have a sphere of influence with at this time. We are reflecting now at the end of the year 2020 as we also prepare to enter into a new calendrical year of 2021 and assessing what many have said and what is the common statement and that is I'm so glad 2020 is coming to a close. Interesting that many who are saying that now are the same who in the beginning of 2020 had prophetic words about what a wonderful and great year it was. I'm here to tell you they weren't all wrong. There's a lot of silver linings in the year 2020 and we are those who need to discern and see them. And so the message that I've been releasing now over the past four to six weeks has a lot to do with us recalibrating ourselves, our mindsets, and to understand the time we live in and who we are. And so yes, we could be those who want to disparage and to talk about the discouragement, the disappointments, the challenges, the losses that have all come forth suddenly and are prolonged throughout this time of the year 2020. But I'm here to tell you that we also are at a crossroads. And that was my message this past Sunday and that which I want to embellish upon some more. And we are standing at the crossroads between the culmination of two epic kingdoms. One is an age, the church age, the age that was birthed with Jesus Christ, born just as we have celebrated recently at Christmas, on a single day yet determined from before the beginning of time. And in that birth, and then in his crucifixion and his resurrection, was birthed the church, his church, the bride of Christ, the preparation of the bride of Christ, and all of the culmination of the law and the prophets brought forth in one moment, and that in the manifestation of Christ, the Lord here on earth. Well, we know he ascended. And we understand that the birth of the church age has now been going on for over 2,000 years. And we stand at that epic time when that season, that time, that dimension, those couple thousand years is beginning to gradually overshadow and the two merging with the coming of the Lord returning. And that brings forth the kingdom age, his kingdom here on earth that which was prophesied by the same prophets who said he would come once and that he would come again a second time, maybe not fully understanding it, but he made it very clear to us, as have the other writers in the New Testament and in the book of Revelation. Christ is coming again. And so we find ourselves at a monumental point, a crossroad, one where we are to choose which way we shall go according to the plans and purposes of God. 
On one hand, we have the dispensation of the church age beginning to wane and come to its fulfillment, even as the prophet said it would. And at the other hand, we have the coming of the kingdom age of God, another dispensation. And the two are overlapping, even as we saw the overlapping in the first coming of Christ with the law and the prophets, and then came John, and then came the dispensation, the manifestation of Jesus Christ and the church age. So here we are at an epic crossroads. We are that generation. And Jeremiah pointed it out this way. In chapter 6, verse 16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and then walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And so here we stand and we're supposed to look. We're supposed to look back and see what was and what we've come out of. We're supposed to look to the left and we're supposed to look to the right. And we are to ask which path is the one that the Lord is destined for the for the present now, in which path is it that I shall embrace? And Jesus said it very simple and clearly to us. I'm not going to get into all the detail, but I think it's important. We listen to these words as came forth in the Gospels. And in this particular pattern, Luke 21, starting in verse 25, he said, There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. And he makes it simple for us. He then tells us about the symbolism of the fig tree. And that as we watch the fig tree coming in its season and in the spring, we know it's about to sprout and bring forth the fruit of which it was destined to do. And we understand by looking at the fig tree, the prophetic fig tree of the time that we live in now, something is coming forth on the earth. It's happening. And then he gives us this contrast and he gives us this challenge also in the book of Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 34. But take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and underline this emphasis, cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So there we have it, the crossroads. 
One leads to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. The other one leads to being drowned in the cares of this life with all of the other baggage that comes with it. We could go on forever talking about how we become drowned in the cares of this life. And this is not just for an unbelieving people. This also applies, and maybe even more so importantly, to the body of Christ, to the believers. Which way shall we choose? There's only two factions. There's only two paths from the crossroads. And these paths are trafficked by two distinct, different types of people, best illustrated by those words of Jesus. Those who fear God, but more so than just believe in God, want to obey God. And our understanding the time that we live in and discerning what we should do and taking action to do it. And then, of course, the other path, the path that is confused, conflagrated, in chaos. It has so many different lures and lusts and temptations to drown us in the cares of this life and not really looking forward with a mindset of the kingdom. And that brings us to this. It brings us to what should we be doing at this time? Well, beloved, I know that Myself, for the past few years, and especially with the emphasis with POTUS Shield and Touch Heaven Ministry, sometimes preaching a message to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord, and other times bringing us forward to that assignment that God gave us as a shield for this nation, but also a prophetic order to the world. Now it is time to merge it all together and understand that it is so much greater than any nationalism. It is so much more important than any nation. It is so much more demanding than any politics. It is the call of the Lord to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And this requires a kingdom mindset. This requires that we understand that we are in the fulfillment, the second chapter fulfillment of the Davidic covenant where God designed and defined the covenant throne. He said that this throne should last forever and be established upon David. And so when the Lord says, as he did through Jeremiah, to look at the ancient past, to go back at this way and understand the ancient past, we do well to look at what happened when the establishment of the kingdom of David happened in a physical manifestation on the earth, but with the spiritual promise of the coming of the Messiah the first time and the return of the Messiah the second time. And so we see that what happened that there was a call to Ziklag, the call to Ziklag that came forth throughout the tribes of Israel. A new king had been anointed and appointed, and the old was passing away. But yet there were those that heard the call, and they came. That's where we are at the crossroads. And listen how they have been characterized in Scripture in 1 Chronicles 12, 1 and 2. These were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers in the war, armed with bows, using both the right hand and the left hand and hurling stones and shooting arrows with the bow. And then in verse 8, 
Those that joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty men of valor, men trained for battle who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as gazelles on the mountains. And so we see that they had been spiritually trained. They had been physically trained. They were prepared in their mind and physically with their bodies, but also called and destined to help to establish a new kingdom, the Davidic kingdom. They were fierce. They were spiritually ambidextrous and physically ambidextrous. And they had a countenance that said like lions, Lion-hearted of the tribe of Judah, swift in action like gazelles, those who could mount up on the wings of eagles and move in the Holy Spirit, going to and fro the earth as fast as God would move and as swift as He demanded. And so this is the POTUS Shield proclamation for the, for the hour. Prepare for battle to establish the kingdom of God here on this earth. And finally, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, from Isaacer, the Isaacer anointing, these were men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. So we understand a structure, an order to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Now we must take the methods and means and put them at practice now in this moment here in our calling together. So let's review some of those. First and foremost, we must be focusing on our collective resources and energies, but we can't do that unless we first and foremost prepare our own hearts. So this starts with preparing your heart myself preparing my heart. I can't prepare yours. You can't prepare mine. We can admonish one another. We can be examples to one another, but the preparation of the heart comes from the Lord and it comes from a declaration of yourself. It's a massive overhaul, a reset of habits. It's a time to weed out and to sow, and it's a time to establish a kingdom mindset. As Jeremiah said, we're at a crossroad. And this is what the Lord says. Stand and look at the crossroad. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and then walk in it. And so we see that nationalism is not necessarily the kingdom priority. Yes, God does care about your nation. He cares about my nation. Most of you with POTUS Shield, our nation, the United States. But yet those of us who are here, God has a kingdom mindset for all the nations. And the great commission given unto this us is this, as written in Matthew 28, 19. He says, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And Christ himself says, Amen. 
So first and foremost, we need that mindset, the mindset again of the Great Commission. And yes, we do have a passion and a heart to see those things done in this country that we live in, and you in the country, wherever you are that you live in, that ascribe to the laws and the morality and the scriptures of God himself. But we must understand that here on this earth now and forevermore, we are citizens of the kingdom first, not second. And this reminds us that we must embrace the kingdom of God and his plans and purposes with a priority. Give his kingdom preference. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Not seek first getting our nation in order. Not seek first putting even our own priorities in order. But seek first the kingdom of God as the primary preferential priority. And we do this in a symphony of action with all of God's active kingdom. Let's look prophetically into what John the Revelator disclosed to us in, in Revelation chapter 5 verse 8 where he says now when he had taken the scroll and he's talking about what's going, coming on the earth the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb and they had a harp and a golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints and they sang a new song they sang a new song they sang a new song saying you are worthy Lamb of God, to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. And listen to this emphasis. Out of every tribe, every tongue, and people, and nation. And that has made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. And as it goes forth in the scripture there, we get this understanding, not only this visual, but a mental understanding, the prophetic revelation. It says the voice of many angels are around the throne with these living creatures and the elders. And the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands crying out with a loud voice. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all are in, the, are, are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And then he gives us an emphasis with this again in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. And after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne of the Lamb, clothed with white robes. Beloved, for us to be in the symphony, the kingdom symphony, in harmony with the call of God in the present time, now we must join in with the tens and tens of thousands of angelic hosts and all the creatures that are sensitive to God throughout the earth, in heaven, on earth, in the sea, and certainly us, the believers of God, here commissioned on earth right now, we must be declaring the kingdom of God, the Lamb of God, the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. Second in priority, we must be those who penetrate darkness with the light of the message that Christ saves. 
Evangelism is alive. Evangelism is necessary. We must not lay it aside for any other cause as being primary before it. We must understand what Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world, and a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give light to everyone in the house. In that same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And now let us transition into the third priority. And that is that we must embrace our calling as the bride of Christ. We must take ultra care to repair that which has fallen down in the body of Christ, that which needs restored, that which has fallen away. And we must come together as the bride of Christ. He has declared a bride without spot or wrinkle. We've heard about it in Ephesians chapter 5. For your maker, he said, and Isaiah is your husband, and he's the Lord of hosts. He is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He's the God of the whole earth. And he is asking us to sanctify ourselves and to sanctify the body of Christ to be prepared without spot or wrinkle as the bride of Christ. And in this, we also understand that we see that uh, it is said to us that I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's the prophetic call that's upon this generation, upon you and I right now. We're at the crossroads. What shall we put our resources, our time, our energy into? And now... Our fourth principle, we must strive for unity in the body of Christ. Beloved, this alone must be a heartache unto the Lord. And we understand that even as Paul cried out to the church of Ephesus in chapter 4, in verse 1, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, lowly, gentle, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the body of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Beloved, we need to ask God for the wisdom, the strength, the opportunities, and His help to break down the barriers, the walls that are within the body of Christ. Believe it or not, this is more important than breaking down political walls. This is the call of God upon us. Do you know why? Because there's a spiritual power that comes in unity and in agreement. It is so powerful that if two can agree here on earth, it's done in heaven and it's done on earth. If three come together, it's a threefold cord. One can set a thousand, and we can set two, can set tens of thousands to flight. We understand the power that comes in unity, and yet we find out that the forces of evil that are against preparing the way for the coming of the Lord are doing everything in their power to divide. 
It's like a canker worm that eats away at the cord of the power of agreement. It's likened to a nuclear reactor where the power is being harnessed and then fashioned into a formidable force, but there's a crack in the reactor core and it's pouring out. And instead of it being a power that unites and overcomes evil, it ends up being a division that plays into the hands of evil. Factions are being deluged with confusion. And there's tactics that are trying to lure us away from the pure love and unity of the gospel, putting barriers in our hearts, in our minds, separating us from one another. Beloved, there's a sectarianism that manifests in the empirical realm and in the spiritual realm, and the result is the same. It's a form of prejudice. It's a form of discrimination, of hatred, arising from trying to attach relations of inferiority and superiority to divisions between subdivisions, even within the body of Christ. Unfortunately, this accurately describes the body of Christ at this moment that is impaled with denominationalism, that is separated because of race and culture and traditions and color, but yet we're called to be one faith, to overcome hurt and fear and rejection. And yet we understand that we're supposed to be one blood, Acts 17, verse 26, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth so that they should seek the Lord. We are his offspring. And further in Galatians chapter 4, verse 7, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a, and if a son, then an heir. Beloved, we cannot allow color to define us. We cannot politics to define us. We must break down these influences and come together. There should not be a Christian black church and a Christian white church, a Christian Asian church and a Christian brown church. Beloved, yes, God is colorblind, but the body of Christ has been not acting colorblind. And so if we see anything now coming into 2021, this is our cry. This must be what we cry out as POTUS shield, as touch heaven, as a kingdom mindset, as every tribe and nation and tongue. And that is God teach us, bring us together, break down the barriers so that we don't just give it lip service. But then we come forth and cry out, how can we become this formidable force here on earth? We've been in training in 2020, but not every one of us has been able to respond and answer to that spiritual training. We are be being trained to overcome. We are being trained to stand even throughout the storm. We are being trained to let everything go and to allow God to release and move forward. We must not only pray, but we must act to support our leadership our spiritual leadership, but with conditions, conditions that we no longer want to be those who are segregated. We don't want to be those who have one message for a black church and another message for a white church. We don't want to have to choose between what is more important, racial discrimination or abortion. What is more important, gay rights or the family? What is more important, standing before with the law of God 
or standing with a diluted message that allows us to just get along with one another. Beloved, the time is now. We are at the crossroads. We need this kingdom mindset. We must prepare our hearts. And to prepare our hearts, we must be willing to go through what the Lord will take us through to be tempered with humility, compassion, love, and to lay down the swords of our politics and to pick up the sword of the Word of God in every aspect that we have. Let me focus for a moment about abortion. Some would have us to say we need to be less uh, passionate about it, less zealous, and some would say less militant, even spiritually militant. But how can we, Lord? How can we do that? That's my prayer every day. I cannot. And yet I don't want to judge other Christians that seem to make it second or third or don't even care about it. But yet we know how important it is. There must be a way that we can unite and understand the precious value of life. Maybe we need to get the message out better. Maybe this is our opportunity. Maybe because of 2020, where so much is done with the reliance on science and facts and figures and numbers. How about these numbers from the worldometer? How about the fact that right now it's telling us that there's almost 80, 81 million cases of COVID that have been recorded since it was first uh, uh, released and that would be like January of the beginning of this year. So let's give it a full year. 81 million cases. When that period of time of 81 million cases, there have been approximately 1,775,000 deaths throughout the world. That's a lot of deaths. But listen to these numbers. In the same period of time, there have been 43 million induced abortions around the world. So 1,775,000 COVID deaths, 43 million induced abortions. The average number of people dying daily from COVID is around 4,700. The average number of induced abortions daily throughout the world is 125,000 murders daily. In this period of time from 1994 till now, or let's even go to 90 till now, we are nearing 2 trillion babies have been murdered before they came out of the womb. 2 trillion. Yes, 1,775 deaths from a virus. It's a lot of deaths. So there's a lot of deaths from a lot of other ailments, but nothing comes close to it. World War II, which saw less than a million people killed, was too many. We're talking about two trillion babies have been murdered. So what does the eye of the Lord see? How can we as spiritual leaders be quiet? How can we bridge the gap that has narrowed between us so that we can't embrace our arms and our faith and our call for God's justice, not only here in the United States, but elsewhere throughout all the nations. Beloved, we're at a crossroads, and it's time for us 
to put on the kingdom garments. We must understand that we are those declaring and preparing for the coming of the Lord. We have a work to do and the times are speeding up. We can no longer be blurred with the vision that only sees as far as our own national interests, our own state interests, our own city interests, our own denominational interests, our own preferences of faith. We must adhere to the full word of God and come together with a kingdom mentality. So what is the message to POTUS Shield now? The message to POTUS Shield is yes, we shall continue to stay with our roots and be those who are strong. We shall pray for all of those in leadership. We will believe God for the assignments of God to come true. We will believe God to continue to adhere to those assignments, but we shall also now pick up the shield and pick up the sword with a kingdom mentality, and we shall look and see where he shall call us throughout the earth to all races, all kindreds, all tongues, and most of all for the bride of Christ. And those of us who have been brandishing the message of the call to touch heaven ministries, we are called, all of us, everywhere, to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. So what is my outlook for 2021? Let us build upon the goodness and the things that we've received through 2020. Let us sharpen, let us be strong. Let us be those who are strengthened in our power to overcome. Let us be those who witness and testify of the gospel of the blood of the Lamb of God. Beloved, it is our time to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Now I'm going to give you an invitation. I intend to continue to build upon this. I intend to continue to offer scriptures and background and revelation that continues to build us with this kingdom mentality. If you say, Frank, this is something that I want to ascribe to, I want to be part of, I'm going to ask you to contact us. Contact us at the POTUS Shield website. Contact us at the Touch Heaven Ministries website. And I just want you to say, I want to be part of that army of Ziklag that's building in the earth. I want to be part of that which is resetting my mindset to a kingdom mentality. Yes, I want to continue to be part of the POTUS Shield revelation and battle here in the United States and for this country and for this Supreme Court and for the laws of this land. But I want to expand my tent. I want to expand my mantle. I want to be in agreement with the body of Christ. I want to be part of tearing down the barriers that separate us and bring us together. One blood, not race divisions, not cultural divisions, not denominational divisions, not color divisions. One blood moving with a kingdom mentality. Just say, I want to be part of it. That's all I want to hear. And we're going to create that list. And I'm going to continue to send to you. And we're going to invite others in with us that walk in that same mentality. And this is the army that God is assembling to establish his kingdom here on earth for the present now. May God place his anointing upon this message because I know the words itself aren't powerful enough. It must be amplified, witnessed to, and testified by the Holy Spirit of God as the blood of the Lamb cries out. And even as we cry out, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm Frank Amedia, and I'm signing off just for a short while. I intend to be back with more from this about the kingdom of God coming here on earth. Thank you. 
and God bless you. And may you have a blessed, blessed year 2021.